Turn with me to two openings, if you would. Matthew 25 and Proverbs 20. Matthew 25 and Proverbs 20. We're beginning a new series this morning. And something I believe the Lord has dealt with me about. Very important. As all the Word of God is. But you know, uh, the Lord knows what we need when, doesn't He? And that's one of the uh, pastor's primary responsibilities, is to feed the sheep. Well, you know, sometimes the sheep need one thing more than something else. Right? You... uh might be deficient in this vitamin or that vitamin, and you might need your uh, feed changed and your mixture changed. And so the Lord knows that, doesn't He? He knows what you and I need, and He knows when it's time to emphasize a particular thing. And so that's what we pray and believe Him to show us and lead us and enable us to do. Matthew 25, did you find that? Matthew 25, Jesus is teaching and ministering. And he says in verse uh, 20, well, let me back up to 14. The kingdom of heaven, Jesus said, is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered to them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Now let's just stop here. Why did he give more to one than another? He gave to them according to their ability. He knew that the uh, guy that he gave five to could handle the five. Why didn't he give the guy that he gave two to, why didn't he give him five? Because he knew his ability was more on the lines of two. Right? Well, why did he give the guy with one only one? Well, that was obvious. As you read to the rest of the story, he didn't even handle that one. So the Lord knew he shouldn't give him five. Now, said he gave these their charges and he took his journey and he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise he that had received two, he also gained other two. So uh, each one of them doubled what he had. And he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. He didn't even try to do anything with it. After a long time, the Lord of those servants comes and reckons with them. How many understand this is prophetic concerning all of us? How many know the time of reckoning is coming? And we're going to have to give an account for what we did with what he gave us. And how many understand that people so-called playing it safe is not going to cut it? Well, I just, I hit my talent so nothing had happened to it. That's not okay. He expects us to do something with what he gives us. Our opportunities. Our abilities. Y'all are too quiet this morning. <laughs> uh, how many of we don't just need to ignore these verses, do we? I mean, we need to look at them. 
and not just pretend they're not there. We need to see to it that we're doing them so that we don't have to be afraid or embarrassed or ashamed. But that we can hear these words that you know we're getting to here in just a minute. And so the one, you know, digged in the earth, hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants comes and reckons with them. And so he that received the five talents came and brought other five talents and said, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. And his Lord said to him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful. Says it again. Over a few things, I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful. Over a few things, I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of your Lord. How many understand this sounds exactly like what he told the guy that had five? Why? Because he was just as faithful as that guy. Wasn't he? That guy doubled his, he doubled his. How many of the Lord should have told him the very same thing? Because all he gave him was two. He didn't have the opportunity to multiply five. He wasn't given five. But he was just as faithful, so he told him exactly the same thing. How many understand the Lord is not going to reward quantity? Or the size. But what? Faithfulness. How many believe? We're talking about pastoring now. The man who was faithful with his 20 people pastoring. And did everything he knew how to do with his 20. Is he going to hear the same thing as the man that was faithful with his 20,000? Yes, he is. If... Somebody say if. If he was faithful. Now the Lord would know that. If he was supposed to turn that 20 into 200 and didn't, then he won't. And not just pastoring, but every believer, every man, every woman. Now here you read about the man that hid his. Then he which had received the one talent, he came and said, Lord, I knew that you were a hard man. Reaping where you've not sown, and gathering where you've not strawed. And I was afraid. Oh my, I was afraid. Well, your fears will come on you. What caused him not to step out? What caused him not to use what God had given him? And see, he believed negative things about the Lord. You're a hard man. Well, the Lord's fair, isn't he? He's good. Now, sure, he expects you to do something. And the thing about the Lord, he knows what you can do. 
and what you can't. And so you're not going to fool him and snow him, are you? You can't. You can't come up with a little pitiful something and go, well, Lord, that's the best I could do. He sees right through all that stuff and he knows. But he's reasonable. And he's fair. And he's good. And he'll help you. Won't he? But see, this man believed lies about the Lord. And just responded in fear. Lord, I know you hard. You're hard and I I was scared. Well, what about the guy that had two? He didn't do this, did he? He received from the same master. He was serving the same master. The guy with five, he didn't get scared and clamp up and go, Oh, I got five. What in the world? What if I lose them? What if I lose No, they both launched out. Knowing the Lord was good. Knowing he'd help them. He said, you're a hard man. The devil is such a liar. I have seen this in ministry. Having worked with other ministries and been involved with several different ministries, I don't know at the times. I have seen people just clam up and not do their job and mess up and go whisper to each other. And the enemy is always lying, isn't he? Lying to you about your spouse, about your boss, about your pastor, about your leaders. And he wants you to get gripped with fear and become paralyzed and do nothing. And he wants, see, it's easier to believe you can't please them and to just quit than it is to work. Hmm? Oh, friends, don't let the devil deceive you like this. I have seen it over and over and over. Well, I can't please them anyway. They're hard. Well, people say that about the Lord himself. They're hard. No matter what I do, it's never good enough. That's the sound of a bitter, faithless person. No matter what I do, they're not going to like it. Well, if you're already believing, they're not going to like it. You're defeated before you start. If you don't believe you can, there's no faith there. How many understood the man that had five believed he could do something with it? Didn't he? He believed that he could please the Lord. He believed he could find some success. The man with the two believed the same thing and they were successful. They found profit. They found success. They doubled what they had. They pleased the Lord. When they came before him, he said, good job. How many know the Lord is good? He's fair. He's reasonable. But how many know he's not going to say good job and you didn't do a good job? And you didn't do what you knew how to do? That's where people, so we've got a whole generation that want to do nothing and want to hear good job. Don't we? Whole generation. If they show up, they want to hear, good job. (laughs) Yeah, but you didn't do anything. (laughs) Like a fellow said to us one time, he told me about job, you know what kind of job he's going to have. He said, well, I don't want a job. I want a position. (laughs) (laughs) Well, people want the reward, but not to work. And did you hear what we said already? Now, it's easier to believe that somebody's unreasonable and you can't please them than it is to get up and work. 
It's easier to just believe, well, I can't please them anyway, so I'm just going to flop down here and do nothing, and I'm going to dig a hole and hide my talent. And... But that didn't work out so well for him. Did Are you reading this now? Yes, sir. I was afraid. I went and hid my talent. Why? Because you're a hard man. And uh, here I dug it up, and here's your talent. Did he really believe the Lord was going to be pleased with this? No, he didn't believe that. He's already prepared, though, to make excuses. Isn't he? He knows better in his own heart. And uh, the Lord answered and said, You wicked and slothful servant, lazy and wicked, you knew that I reap where I sowed not. He said, You knew it, did you? And I gather where I have not strawed. Then you ought therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. And then at my coming I should have received my own with usury or interest. You could have at least done that. That wouldn't even required anything of you. How many understand the Lord expects a return <laughs> on what he puts into us? I mean, people work in the world all the time, and they'll let people chew on them and cuss them and demand them. They demand that you meet your quota. They demand that you make sales. They demand, and they, well, that's the way it is. That's the way the business world is. And they come to the church, and if somebody's like they expect something of them, oh, I'm going to go somewhere else (laughs) where they'll let me hide my talent and just sit on it. And do nothing. Well that won't work with the Lord though. He expects a return. Doesn't he? So you might as well get to expecting a return. Out of yourself. And the thing is. He knows what you can do. (laughs) Look at somebody say he knows. (laughs) What you can do. (laughs) Does he? He knows what you can do. How many understand a good teacher will not let you off till you do what they know you can do? You turn in some kind of goofy, slouchy report, you know, that you grabbed uh, in 30 minutes off the internet and it's got Snickers bar marks on it and... They know you're smart. They know you can do way beyond this. They're going to pitch that back to you. Or they're going to put a big D or F on it or something and say, you need to do better than this. Well, see, people that don't think right, they go, that's a mean teacher. That's a hard teacher. That's mean. So-and-so, their paper didn't look much better than mine. They gave them a B. Yeah, but they might be a two-talent person. And they might know you're a five-talent person. How about a coach? Hmm? See, there's some people got natural ability. And they can do better than some folk physically without even practicing. Hmm? But because of that, sometimes they're lazy. 
So they don't want to show up for practice, and they don't want to do this, and they don't want to do that, because they're a superstar. <laughs> they just, all they got to do is show up. But a good coach won't let them buy with that, because they know. They know this guy, he may be operating at half his skill, but he's giving it his all. So that's all he's going to ask of him. But this guy is not operating at half of what he can do. And a good coach will recognize that and require more of him. And then some people that don't understand go, well, that ain't fair now. I mean, he's asking me to do more than he is this guy. Yeah, but that could be because you're a five-talent guy. And he knows it. And so you ought to feel blessed. Instead of complaining. But no, your flesh don't want to hear that. But your flesh never wants to work. It just wants to glide and slide. Let me buy. Just let me buy on my looks. Just let me buy on that because I'm me. Why else? Because I'm me. Why should you give me an A? Because, hey, I'm me. And the same thing is true with pastors. Did I even get one amen? (laughs) (laughs) And see, we don't even have that concept in churches. Churches look at pastors as their little hirelings. And they change them like socks. Just for good measure, just to stir it up, just keep things interesting. And if a pastor dares act like they expect something of you, or if they dare act like what you're doing is not enough, oh, well, that's just intolerable. It's time to change churches. I don't know who that pastor thinks he is. What they don't understand is they got a Lord who requires even more. And it's going to be sad. That a lot of folks show up before the Lord to give an account. And they didn't do anything with what he gave them. And yet they're going to be held accountable for it. Did you know there's going to be people that give account for ministries that they never did? Because they were called to it. They never did it. They never answered it. But they're going to be held accountable for it. We need to do everything we know with what we've got. And we need to act like we are working under somebody who knows to the last point of perspiration what we can do. Because we are. All things are open and naked before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. He knows exactly what we know, what we don't know, what we can do, what we can't do. He knows. And when he gives us something, he expects us to multiply it. Doesn't he? He expects, he's given us a church here at this Faith Life Church. Hasn't he? You and I couldn't have done this. He's given us a church. What does he expect us to do with this? He expects you and me to reach the world. Doesn't he? He expects this place to grow, to multiply. He expects us to go to multiple services and have to get more land and more buildings. He expects us to send stuff out into the world by the millions. 
And nothing except everything we know how to do will be acceptable if we want to hear, good job. If we want to hear, well done, good and faithful servants, it'll be because we did everything we knew how to do and we didn't just bump along. Now, how many understand Jesus is coming again? He's coming soon. How many understand it's not just imagination or fairy tale? Uh, soon and very soon, you're going to be standing in front of the Lord. It won't be you and mama. It won't be you and your wife. It won't be me and you. You will be standing there by yourself. And you'll give an account of what you did with the opportunities, the resources, the gifts, the abilities that God gave you in this lifetime. Now, a lot of people don't like to talk about it because they know they're not even trying to do anything with it. But yet, that's not the solution. It's too quiet, isn't it? Is this happening? It's happening. And how many understand when this time comes, it's not going to matter how much money we made or how successful the world thought we were. These things won't matter. It'll only matter that we did what he told us to do and we did all we knew how to do with what he gave us. And notice the word that keeps coming up. He said, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. Now be ruler over many things. How many think you're going to be glad if you were faithful in this life with some things? How many think in the world to come, when we come into the blessings, when He turns some stuff over to people, how many think it's going to be wonderful things? It's going to be amazing things. You're going to be, if you've been faithful, rulers over whole cities in the kingdom of God. Whole cities. These cities will be just as real as New York or L.A., Or Chicago or Miami. Just much nicer and no crime. (laughs) And they'll say, you know, you'll look up some of your friends from Faith Life Church in Branson. You'll go, where's Bob? Where's John? Where's Mo? You know, where's Rob? Where's Dan? Where's Dave? Well, you know, he's the uh, governor of such and such city over there. Really? Yeah, that big one. How about that? President Dan. (laughs) Governor Dave. (laughs) Am I just making stuff up? Is this going to happen if we've been faithful? This is happening. And the Lord's not going to use people that were on the headlines, you know, that was a famous movie star or somebody that was famous in this and that. He's going to use people that were faithful in his things. And it's going to come to pass that those that were first are going to be last. And those that were last are going to be first. And there's going to be some people that the Lord brings up and nobody's going to have heard of them. Who is that? Who is that? But you're going to know them for the rest of your life. Because they're going to be president of your city. (laughs) Governor of your town. Where you live for eternity. (laughs) Somebody say faithful. Faithful. 
Well, not everybody's excited about this series so far, I can tell that. But you might as well get excited because you know how we are. You know you're not done hearing about this. You're going to hear about it. And you're going to hear about it. And you're going to hear about it. And the title of the series is Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Go to uh, Proverbs 20 if you're still holding your place there. Proverbs 20. How many would acknowledge that you have a desire one of these days to hear these words from the Master? Hmm? Well, I got a good response out of that. (laughs) How many would say, absolutely, Brother Keith, I want the Lord to look at me and call my name and say, John, Susie, Bob, Keith, Joey, well done. Good job. You have been faithful to me. How many understand you're not going to hear that just because you showed up? Are you all with me now? See, we lived in too much of a religious fog. If you did nothing your whole life, you're not going to hear that. Now, I know people don't want the preacher to tell them that, but I want us to know the truth. The Bible talks about people being saved, yet so as by fire. Now, don't get confused. Now, we're not talking about being saved or lost. The Bible talks about individuals that what they built in this life was wood, hay, and stubble. And when it's tried by the fire, all of it's consumed, and they have nothing to show for their life, and yet they are saved. They are saved, but yet so is by fire, they got in there by fire. But there are people who what they did in this life, when it is judged by the Lord, the fire test, it comes out gleaming, gold, silver, precious jewels. And these are the things we're going to be rewarded for. That which is done in and of the flesh is going to be consumed by the fire. That which is done by the Spirit, that which was done from a good and an honest heart, that which was done by the direction of the Lord, it's going to stand the test of the judgment. It's going to stand the test of time. It will last forever. And it can be as simple as you putting a hand on somebody's shoulder and loving them. Are you listening? It can be as simple as you sowing that $20 when he told you to sow it. It can be as simple as you getting in your car and being there when you said you were going to be there. And being a part and helping that thing to go. Anything that's connected to the kingdom of God. But I don't care if you had the biggest office and the biggest skyscraper and you made the most money and everybody knew your name. If it didn't help the kingdom of God, if you are even a believer, the fire is going to hit it. It's all going to be gone. Nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to remember. And you're not going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, when you spent your whole life to build your own little kingdom and didn't advance his kingdom. You're not going to hear it. So, 
I'm going to ask you again. How many have a real desire that when this life is over, you want him to look at you? When you're standing there before the judgment seat of Christ, you want him to look at you and call your name and look at you and say, good job. Well done. I'm just telling you, we're talking about your life. We're talking about the life you lived on this little brief time you were here. How many know the Lord... He's no fool. You can't fool him. But nor is he unreasonable. He's not unreasonable. He's fair. And if you did what you knew to do, you're going to hear it. How many know if you have done what you know how to do, and you've been faithful with the opportunities you had, maybe you made some mistakes. Maybe you didn't do everything you know, perfectly. But the Lord knows that. He's looking at your heart. And if you did what you knew how to do, you're going to hear. He's going to call your name. You're going to hear it. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Come on, somebody say it out loud. I want to hear it. Good job. Well done. Faithful servant. They were faithful. The man that had five talents was faithful with his five talents. The man that had two talents was faithful with his two talents. If you never had an opportunity to pastor a large church, you're not going to be held accountable for that. If you never had an opportunity to reach the world with the gospel message, but if you had an opportunity to be faithful in the children's class, if you had an opportunity to be faithful in the parking lot, If you had an opportunity to help your neighbor when they needed you. Right? That's, you're only going to be held accountable for what you knew. For what you had opportunity to do. And if you're not faithful with what you have opportunity to do today, you will not have greater opportunities tomorrow because you got to be faithful in that which is least in order to qualify for more. Looking back over Phyllis's in my life, you know, people look at people like the Copelands or people who are world-renowned and known, people who God has given a larger charge to and, and have a greater voice in preaching the gospel. But they, everybody we know, and including our own selves, we know when you first began, the opportunity you had. And if you hadn't been faithful with that, you wouldn't have got the next opportunity. And you hadn't been faithful with that, you wouldn't have got the next opportunity. And some of it didn't seem very kingdom earth moving at the time. It seemed like a little small, trivial, insignificant thing. But if you don't treat it as important, you'll never have an opportunity to receive a bigger charge. And it's why a lot of people never do. Because they're not faithful in the little thing they were given. For years... I preached to eight and nine and ten people. But I prepared for them as much or more than I do for 10,000 a day. There were times I had four people in a class. Five people. I assure you, I gave them everything I had. I, I did not say, well, there's only going to be four people there. Are you kidding me? I studied. I prayed. I gave them all. 
And we did that year after year. Year after year. The next thing you know, there were bigger opportunities. It's not that I was saying, well, you know, I'm doing this because I'm looking to speak to 10,000 someday. No, that wasn't in my mind at all. I understand if the Lord comes today, the only thing I'm going to get a reward for is what I'm doing today. What I had opportunity to do right now. And how many believe that anything in the kingdom of God is worthwhile? Anything. If it's for the kingdom, I don't care if it's pushing the broom or waving a flashlight. If it's for the kingdom, it matters more than the most illustrious job in the world. But it matters if you're faithful with it or not. Somebody say faithful. 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 What does it mean to be faithful? If you look up the words both in the Greek and the Hebrew... To be faithful means to be trustworthy, to be worth trusting, to be reliable. Somebody say reliable. Reliable or worthy of trust, worth trusting. Did you know you shouldn't trust everybody? Did you know there's a lot of folk that are not worth your trust? I know that sounds hard. Doesn't it? Can you love somebody without trusting them? That's where people get confused. They think, well, if you love me, you should trust me. You're kidding, right? <laughs> Loving you has got little to do with trusting you. You don't have to do anything to earn our love. You do have to do something to get our trust. Hmm? How many understand the Lord loves you? You don't have to do anything to earn His love. He loves you. No matter what you do. No matter how you act. But yet people want to take that further and go, well, the Lord loves you just the way you are. Man, you hear that all the time. The Lord loves you just like you are. He loves you just the way you are. No, He doesn't. Just because He loves you does not mean He loves all your ways. He can despise all the goofy ways you are and love you. Hmm? Well, if you love me, you just have to love me the way I am. No, we do not have to love the way you are. We do not have to love all of your idiosyncrasies and all of your pettiness and all of your goofiness and fleshiness and ignorance. We love you. Hmm? We can love you in spite of all that stuff. Well, we're having fun now, aren't we? (laughs) Millions of people prefer what I call no-fault religion to a church like this or a preacher like me. They... They, what does it mean, no fault religion? No matter what I do, no matter what happens, it's not my fault. No matter what doesn't happen, it's not my fault. Jesus loves everybody, just like we are. He 
He does love you. He loves you right now. He loves you right where you are. But that doesn't mean he loves all your ways or all my ways. He expects us to conform to his ways. He expects us to change. He expects us to change every day, change every week, change every year. But that's not a popular message. That's not what people want to hear. People want to show up and go, I'm great and good and fine and you're great and good and fine and we are just so thrilled that you're here. And that's really all that's necessary is that you're here and we're here. And if you're here and I'm here and we're here, that's it. And we believe in the Lord. What more could you ask? Well, he asks quite a bit more. A lot of folk don't want to hear it, but it's true. He requires commitment. He expects us to be willing to leave everything and take up our cross and follow him to death. To be faithful unto death. He expects it. He requires it. And you know it's only right. He did it for us. I said he did it for us. He was faithful to us unto death. He is ever faithful to us every day and every night. How many understand God is completely faithful? Can you trust him? Every day and every night. Is he trustworthy? Is he worthy of trusting? Absolutely. Should he be able to trust us? Should we be faithful to him? Yes. Yes. Don't feel sad about this. Don't be depressed about this. Don't get down about this. Just get faithful. (laughs) Just get faithful. If you hadn't been faithful, become faithful. If you have been some faithful, become completely faithful. And if you want another message, I'm sorry, this is it. This is it. (laughs) This is it. Because I really want to hear. Keith, good job. Well done. You've been faithful to me, Keith. And it's not going to happen by Keith being lazy. And acting like he doesn't know. Never doing anything. It's going to happen if Keith does what he knows to do. And actually is faithful. The Old Testament definition of faithful means to be true. Somebody say true. True. To be true. To be certain. To be firm. Somebody say firm. Firm. To be permanent. You know, Brother Hagin, my father in the faith, he's talking about a thing in the church where he pastored one time, and he said, everybody, but I think it was two people, got involved and, and participated, made it happen. He said, we only had two punks in the church <laughs> that didn't get involved and didn't, didn't participate. And people laugh and they say, punks? He said, yeah, yeah, and that's the correct term. He said, I looked it up. One of the definitions of punk is rotten lumber. (laughs) He 
said you can't build anything on rotten lumber. How <laughs> many understand in most every church there's a lot of people that if they left, you'd never know it. Now, Phyllis said not here, and that's right. We've got, you know, so, some people marvel at how many people we have involved and how many teams and how many people are working and how many people are contributing. But how many understand that's an indication that there's going to be a lot more people that hear, yes. well done, well done. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. And it's sad that even some big churches, you know, 90% of their folks do nothing And they don't want to do anything. You can't build anything on something that is unstable and unreliable. How many understand you can't build a business on people that you don't know whether they're going to show up or not? Whether they're going to do the job or not? You have to have, and as you develop in some things, you find out there are companies, there are CEOs, there are owners of giant corporations all over this world. They would pay people any amount of money. If they could count on them. There are people all over the place. They want to kind of retire. They want to get out. But they can't find people that will take it to heart like they do. And that will give what they give to it. They'd pay them huge amounts of money. But people are not faithful. People are hirelings and they're not faithful. But you ought to be able to find faithful people in church. You ought to be able to find reliable people. If they say they'll be there, if they're still breathing and there was a way to get there, they'll be there. If they say they'll do it, if they say it'll be taken care of before they leave, you don't have to think about it again. Well, if you're that way with people, it's because you're that way with God. If you're not that way with people, it's because you're not that way with God. The way we are with each other is a reflection of how we are with God. Somebody say reliable. reliable. Worth trusting. Worth True. True. Dependable. Dependable. In fact, go with me to uh, Proverbs. Somebody say praise the Lord. Praise <laughs> Proverbs 25. Where were you? You were in Proverbs, weren't you? Well, that's good. But go to chapter 25 right now. <laughs> Proverbs 25 and verse uh, 19. It says, Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. <laughs> the uh, RSV says, Trust in a faithless man or unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a bad tooth or a foot that slips. What's the picture that's being painted here? A broken tooth. You ever tried to crunch some food on a bad tooth? Hmm? What's the picture there? You start to crunch down on that food. You're depending on that tooth to be solid. You're depending on that tooth to be there for you. And you go to bite down and it's a bad tooth and the tooth begins to break instead of the food. Which causes great concern. 
And you'll back off of the food and you go, oh, oh man, got to go to the dentist. You can't count on the tooth to crush the food. The food is crushing the tooth. How many understand, you know, you get used to counting on those teeth. I mean, you're planning on counting on them in just a few minutes here, aren't you? As soon as I get through preaching, I mean, you, you're ready to rely on those teeth. You're counting on those teeth. Crunching up that food. What was the next one? A foot out of joint. What, how many can see the same principle? You go to step off the step. And what are you planning on? You are planning on that foot and that ankle bearing your weight without a problem. You are counting on it being there and being able to do the job. And oh man, what a rude surprise. It can be if you step on that foot and the thing lays over on the side and the strength is not there and it's not able to hold up the weight and you can't count on it and you can't rely on it. He said both of these are like when you put your trust in somebody that's unfaithful. You put you count on somebody that's unreliable. You were counting on them being there and they weren't there. And how many understand some serious things can happen? Hmm? What if you're at the top of uh, 500 steps? And you were completely counting on that foot being there and you just plop right off there just like it's good and it folds and you roll. Well, then you can have a lot of serious problems, can't you? You can have a lot of other injuries and harm and loss because that part wasn't there. Oh, friend, can you see what he's talking about here? Can you see? Jesus taught us this. The Spirit of God taught us through Paul in the book of Corinthians that He's the head and we are the body. All of us are body parts. Should you be able to depend on all the body parts? Hmm? How many understand there's something wrong when you got a church full of thousands of people and the pastor still has to check every toilet? Huh? Thank God it's not that way here. We got reliable people. We got dependable body parts. How many understand? It's something wrong. You got a church with thousands of people and you have to make sure the cars get parked right. The leadership has to go out in the parking lot and has to see because you can't rely on the people for it to be done. That's wrong. How many understand? It's wrong. You got five kids and you have to cut every blade of grass, you have to dust every piece of furniture. You have to go in and clean up their bathtub. You got 15 year olds. And why is mama still doing it? Well, they won't clean it up like I want it clean. Well, that's your fault. They should be held to your standard. They should accomplish it to your standard. And if you go behind them and you do it, or you do it instead of them, you are training them for failure in the world. Because their boss is not going to come behind them and do their job. They're just going to send them home. They're going to fire them. Come on now, are y'all with me? How many understand believers are to be the best employees in the world? Not the worst. Not don't get their job done because they're too busy praying and reading scripture and trying to preach to everybody. 
That is unfaithful. Because they didn't hire you to preach. They hired you to run a register. They hired you to stock a shelf. They hired you to be a salesperson. They didn't hire you to preach. If they hired you to do that, then you need to be faithful to do that. If there's other opportunity and it's fine with them, well, that's a whole other scenario. But you need to even talk about being a witness and you're not faithful to do your job. You're destroying your witness. You're undermining your witness. Faithful. Reliable. True. Trustworthy. You can count on them. Now, we didn't have time to get into it today. But one of the first ones, and we'll, you can already begin to see this, is... Uh, Jesus himself is called faithful and what? True. One of the biggest core elements of being faithful is being honest. And your word being true. You being a person of your word. And you being a truthful, honest, true individual. You can't be faithful and a liar. You can't be faithful and be dishonest. So... A faithful father is a daddy who's there. I understand you couldn't be a faithful daddy and you're never there. A faithful mama is a mama who's there. There in the good times. There in the tough times. You can't be, how about a faithful church member? You'd have to be there to be faithful. How many understand God is faithful? One of his qualities of being faithful, he is the Lord who is present. He is the Lord who is there. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Can you see that's a big part of being faithful? In order to be faithful, you got to be there. You got to show up. You got to be there. If you're faithful to your family, if you're faithful to your church, if you're faithful on your job. How many employers would think that a faithful employee was an employee who wasn't out half the time? But who was there, who showed up. Well, I think you've had all you can take this morning. Stand up. Stand up. We're going to honor the Lord's faithfulness this morning. Was He there for us? Oh my. He was there. He was there. Is He still there? Does He ever live to make intercession for us? He's there. He's present. How many would like to stir yourself up and say that he can count on me to be there for him? If he wants me to be there, I'll be there. If he tells me to be there, I'll be there. If I say I'm going to be there, I'll be there faithful. Faithful. Ushers, come right on down. Get ready to serve the people. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.